Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 all you lovely mixologists, podcasters, pumpkins, mixers, everybody. What's up with you? I am your host, Moni, and you, of course, are listening to Mixing with Moni. I am so happy to be back. How are y'all doing? Of course, you cannot hear me. I I mean, you can hear me. I cannot hear you. You cannot respond. But I keep doing this question anyway, because I'm hoping it at least let you look into yourself and do a little self-reflection and ask yourself how you're doing and make you think, I'm not doing well, and hopefully do something to change that, change that mood, switch that up. And if not, maybe I can help, you know? I am super excited for my episode today. I am interviewing someone. Y'all have already seen it in the description, but I do have one fabulous, one iconic, Danny Pellegrino here among us. The mixer is now iconic. Let's, it's, I should just call it an iconic mixer. I'm thinking this out loud, though you'll probably already see the title, so I probably have already done that at this point, but it's really a fun time. I had a great time with Danny on his show. So, and y'all made that happen. Truly y'all pushed for that. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for all the love and praise that I've gotten over the last few weeks. Um, I was on bitch sesh. It was truly fun and fantastic. I enjoyed every minute of it. I enjoyed being on Danny's show and now I have him on my show and Y'all, if you saw my calendar of all the things I'm doing to bring all the good treats, all the fun things, you truly, hopefully would love me more. No, I'm just kidding. But I am very excited for everything and I'm able to kind of put into the works right now. I am recording every single day this week because I started a Patreon, as you all know, and I cannot just have one show on Patreon. No, I had to do three different segments. So I am doing hot topics each week of Bravo Hot Topics on the Patreon. I am covering Potomac on the main feed of the podcast, which is what's happening right now. And I'll continue to do the housewives like as they become a thing again. So as um, Salt Lake comes back, when, or when it premieres, I'll be covering Salt Lake and Potomac on the main feed of housewives or on the main feed of the podcast. That I'm doing on the main um, feed, which you're listening to right now, probably. Then I will be covering the fourth season of OC this week, starting this week, on the Patreon as well, in lieu of watching OC live this current season. This is the first season of Gretchen that I'm covering. Um, that was a fun time. They had money on the show. They used to use price tags and they, Vicky was actually almost likable. Tamara was the hottest housewife and would always say that. And it was very much so kitschy and they were trying to make a show and it's very clear that that's happening. And I really enjoyed that. So covering the fourth season, the Gretchen years, and then moving into the Heather years of OC on the Patreon. And of course, if you are a bachelorette person, my own hot takes, the Monty effect. So literally get you a Monty Martini version of The Bachelorette. 
coverage on my Patreon as well. Some of y'all have joined just for that and I appreciate it. And I'll be having people covering that or doing this with me every day this week because I don't love myself apparently. But um, that being said, we're going to get into some things, okay? I have Danny Pellegrino on, like I said, to talk Potomac with me. And I'm very excited to be doing that. And other than that, I really would love to know what you guys thought of Potomac this week. And if you saw maybe a familiar face, I don't know, mine. <laughs> I had so many people reach out to me and say, hey girl, that's you sipping that tea. And I'm like, you're right. That is indeed me sipping that tea. I, my face and my hair um, was in the background of a scene on the most recent Potomac episode that we will be covering with um, me and Danny Pellegrino that we will be covering. It's interesting because I didn't, I knew that the cameras were there, obviously. I posted an entire podcast about it. If you're interested in my actual experience there, because it got cut down to like maybe two minutes on the show, we were there four and a half hours, y'all. And I talked to Danny about that a little bit because he had questions about that day for me. But I did talk about my entire experience. It is on the Patreon. If you're already a Patreon member, it's easier to find on there. Otherwise, it was in October of 2019. So, um, and there's a whole podcast on it about an hour or so long of what went down that day and everything I learned, saw, heard, everything. I mean, it's a little shady, but also we can we can handle a little shade. If you need a little palate uh, tester, a little wet palate, um, get your taste buds ready. Me and Danny do touch on some things that I think are important to keep in perspective this week. Um, yeah, it was a fun time. The breakfast was fantastic. The toast that you see me eating and one of the scenes as well, it was fantastic toast. It was lightly buttered. It had a great amount of some grape and strawberry jelly because I couldn't make a decision. It was not too burnt. It was very crispy, but still like golden, so soft on the inside. That was back when I actually was eating gluten. I had no business eating it, and I was eating it anyway. Now we are gluten-free, so we miss toast, and that's why I just spent about two minutes telling y'all how good the toast was, because I can't have toast anymore. Um, it's fantastic, though. It was really great toast. That restaurant has since closed because of COVID, so it's really sad, but it was a great time, and Monique bought us all drinks, and Danny asked some great qualifying questions about what went down and whether or not it was worth what she did and everything. Um, and it's great to have it from a person's perspective who has also hosted live podcast events, whether or not some of the things that she did that we talked about was really worth it. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Obviously that's coming up next. Also coming up next is I'm going to get into some black excellence and then we're going to jump right into it with Danny Pellegrino and um everything else if you want more content of course just go on head on over to the patreon it's only five dollars a month only one level and you get all the things all the access talking to me directly i actually answered those because my dms are swamped so i try to get to those but it's harder but um on the patreon at least i listen to the people and i try to give them what they want as soon as i possibly can work something out you know a little negotiation so check it on out over there see what you're into I do have Ryan Bailey on this week to talk about episode two of The Bachelorette. And then I have um, Ono Bravo on to talk about hot topics from last week of Bravo. 
Um, and there's other things on there as well. So if you want to, you know, make me work for my money a little bit, you're welcome to go check it out, see what you like. And then, yeah, do that and make me really feel you, feel your presence, join the mixer, you know, be the VIP mixer. You know what I'm saying? Cause you can come to the mixer, but there is a VIP level and you're welcome to come and join me over there. But in the meantime, I'll still make the show as great as I possibly can and have all the fun. I only plug it at the beginning or at the end or something. So feel free to, yeah, join me over there. And coming up next, we're going to be doing some black resilience because that is the new name of black excellence thank you to that follower who gave me such a great name because we're just pushing through that's all it is we're not only you know we're not qualified by how excellent we are in in whether or not we should matter as black people and people of color but we are resilient so sometimes we just got to push through a little bit of extra bullshit that the racists of the world like to push on us and we push right on through and i'm very excited to be doing black resilience coming up next and then we'll jump into danny all right, and we are back with Black Resilience. This week's Black Resiliency candidate, uh, winner, really, because there's no competition. I picked this person. So she won, is Miss Kristen Welker. Kristen Welker is a um, correspondent, a media correspondent, a journalist, a TV personality and news anchor. Um, she was NBC from, she is from Philadelphia. She is NBC News's White House correspondent. She is the co-anchor of Weekend Today. And she is also, honey, the second, she became the first Black woman to moderate a presidential debate solo since 1992. Carol Simpson was the first. And this was on October the 22nd, she did this. And she is now the only second Black woman to moderate the debate solo. Um, and she did that. And I watched it and she did that thing, okay? Um, I thought she did a wonderful job being a badass. So that's that on that. And that's not a political statement. That's just me saying to know that she was able to do that, to know that she's one of the few people in history of that caliber to be able to do that. Shout out to this woman, Miss Welker. Um, she's absolutely amazing, uh, to be asked to do this. I think it was very telling that it's been since 1992, since anyone has been able to do that as a black woman. Um, and that being the first, it took that long because we've been having debates for a very long time. Um, she went to Harvard college, which is the undergraduate version or the undergraduate program and school at Harvard university. Take it up with Wikipedia. If you disagree of those facts, um, but she went there, she studied history, she graduated with many honors, it's clearly paying off. She went, she went from intern to anchor to now being a moderator of a major political debate in an important election. And that's really dope. And that's a reminder to everybody, go vote, you know, do your civic duty. And um, Kristen Welker, awesome job being you. And I hope many young girls young women, young um, people who are who look like you or who are also females who don't really know where their place is in media outside of say Oprah or you know the view. I hope they can see that there's so much versatility in media and they can do so many things and they can be a serious journalist. They can be beautiful as she is and they can still be taken seriously because what should be taken more seriously than a presidential debate. 
That's a joke. Um, but it is a major thing that she was able to do that and that many girls are going to be looking at the TV and not really knowing what's going on with politics wise. And they might know what their parents say or what they think or feel, but they can say it's normal to them to see a woman in that place. It's normal for them to see a black woman, a person of color in that space. And all we want is a little bit of normalcy, a little bit of normalcy on the diversity front. We want things to just not be the first anymore. Out of After 2020, I'm really sick of first. I'm sick of first black this, first woman that, first Asian this, first Hispanic that. I'm sick of first. I think that there's so many of us in the world that you should just have the people and it should just be regular to see people who are qualified doing the job they're qualified for. So that also other people work really hard in their lives and say, I want to do that because I'm qualified and not think, well, I don't know if I can do that because I've never seen that. Or they don't even know they can do it because they've never seen it. And I appreciate the barriers that are still being broken by so many people who are putting themselves out there. And it's really a great time in media right now to just look and see who reflects you and what they're talking about and how that reflects people that, you know, are watching them. Um, same thing goes for Dr. Wendy, who we will see, we'll, we, I'll be talking about with Danny Pellegrino um, in a second here. And why she's, I think, doing the good work as being a housewife, even in her unlikable moment, she's doing a great job as a housewife, fitting the formula. So you know what, without further ado, honey, Black Resiliency goes to Kristen Welker. Um, you're amazing, Miss Welker. Keep doing what you are doing. Not that you need our validation at all, but um, y'all please submit to me your Black Resiliency nominees through however we normally connect dm me uh i'll probably see it at some point so yeah dm me because i try to still respond to everyone at, at least once facebook me tweet me patreon me whatever it is that sure is your fancy send me your recommendations for black resiliency and we'll get that ball rolling i'll look into them um beyond that i have danny pellegrino on we talk a little potomac he's brand 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 spanking new to the bachelor only two episodes in and we talk about that journey a little bit and you know why he's there i answer some of his questions that he's like what the hell is going on on this show and i answer some of those and then we get into of course the meat and potatoes of the episode uh the everything that was on everything that went on my experience there again you can find that in the archives as well um, it's called my RHOP experience. There is a couple of ring-a-ding-dings of my phone, mainly because there was a timer on us. And I just wanted to make sure that he met the time. So you will hear the timer ring. I do try to stop it immediately, please. I, my apologies. Do not run and tell Apple how much you absolutely hate my unprofessionalism on this free podcast, honey, because I'm doing my best. I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure that I can get him in and out. And guess what? I still held him over time. So sorry, Danny. I'm doing the best I can. Got to give the people a good show. Um, but please step on into the mixer and let's mix it up with Mr. Danny Pellegrino. All right, guys, as promised, I mean, you read it in the description. You already know what's going on. But in case you don't know, I am here with the pop culture guru, the king of the podcast, the Instagram curator of all things fun, going down memory lane, the icon himself, host of Everything Iconic, Danny Pellegrino, is here. And we are going to have one of the most iconic ass times ever, Pumpkin. Thank you so much for doing this. Hello. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited because, A, you know I love you, but, but B, I feel like we have so much to talk about because you were 
on the episode that we're going to be covering. So I feel like it was divine intervention and I feel so lucky uh, to be so chatting with you. I'm so excited to have you here. I am lucky to be chatting with you. I did not, like, I mean, obviously we'll get into it, but I thought it was just going to be my head, honey. I was like, that's my face. I'm sipping all this tea. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, something, nothing more poetic has ever happened to me than literally a girl who hosts a podcast called Mixing with Moni, where I talk about um, being mixy, all up in the mix, being messy, sipping tea and serving shade. And I'm just sipping tea on national television. Uh, It was beautiful. People were asking me like, was that planned? Like, did you try to sip tea or was it like you were just sipping tea? Like, no, literally I was just sipping tea. So wait, you were there with your mom, right? Yes. Okay. Those are the two of you were there. Yes. My mom loved that place for brunch, sadly because of COVID and the business, you know, and everything that's happened, it has closed officially. Um, And so it's really sad about it, but she loved their brunch and she had just went and she was like, I want to go next weekend, but next weekend they're having something. You have to buy a ticket for it. So she literally bought the ticket. She's like, is this one of your housewives? And I was like, "Uh, yes, mom. One of your housewives. And she's like, oh, well, I got some tickets for them because I wanted the pancakes again. Like my mom is like the best mom. She's so supportive, but she has no idea what the hell is going on, what any yeah. of this is. She listened to me on Bitch Session, had no idea what they were talking about. She was like, you did so good. And she sent it to all her friends. Like, she's like, I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm so proud of you. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> that's so nice. Mom. And my, mean, mom's, yes, my mom's similar. She's the same yeah. way. She doesn't understand any of the housewife stuff. Yeah. But yeah. But thanks, you know. moms. You're the best. But thank you. We love moms. I mean, moms. honestly, thank you, mom, because she invested in me and was like, I knew you would want to go to this and I wanted some pancakes, so let's go. And apparently it worked out because I'm but wait, tea. Can we just take a minute? I mean, we know we're, we're saying thank you, moms, but I truly believe that like moms are the most important people. And it does, it like makes a difference when you, mm-hmm. I don't know, there it, it, especially during this year, which is so crazy and chaotic and so many things going on. It's like just that mother's warmth, I think is so, I sound so cheesy right now. No, but like the, no, that, everybody's allowed like to be cheesy so about important. their mom. Yeah. Okay, like moms are, you're allowed to be cheesy about your moms. Like I love my mom. She is absolutely the best. I tell her all the time, she has to live to be 100 so I can live to be um, about like 95. And once like, then she can go the day after me. Cause like, I can't be in a world without my mama. I love my mama so much. So, and I mean, listen, she did, she manifested me being on TV sipping tea. She was like, let's go to brunch and have a great time. And it was a fantastic time. I am, it's wild to me what editors are able to do because we were there four and a half hours. Oh, and I have have so many questions. Okay. Okay. Um, But we were there four and a half hours. Can you believe it? And it was like, 25 seconds. So was the four and a half hours, was that the whole show or was, what was four and a half hours? So literally her show, like the podcast live event from start to finish, it started at about like, I would say about 12, 1230. We all left at like 415, 430. But what are we doing for four and a half hours? So it was, the brunch took forever. So what I found shady was they were trying to make it seem like nobody was there. People are DMing me like, okay, so the, the, the scene you were in, was that because it was empty? I was like, no, I was there like 20 minutes early. So that's why we got there so we could order drinks and get the, the, get the party going with the food. And then like Monique came and they had to like proceed into like their green room. They had like a little mini party of like for filming purposes in the green room, like away from everyone. And then she came and like greeted everybody. And then Ashley had to get there and like, then it filled in, like they waited until like it filled up. So what time did the event was, did it start on time? 
we probably kicked off around like 1.30. They had like a jazz band beforehand though. So like it was, we weren't just sitting waiting. Like it was an event. And then she like threw an entire like live podcast show. She had, you know, speakers, guest people. Like her husband was there. Like everybody was speaking. They had all like segments of things. And then oh she bought God. everybody drinks. Um, and we all was drinking and waiting for pancakes and waffles. Toast. Would you say it's sold out? I would love to see what the quote was because the room was huge but i do think it was filled it was okay. definitely filled all the tables were taken they but, did maneuver the chairs around to make it you know depending right. on tickets uh, they, they maneuver them around. put those seats honey right on top of that stage like they were like we wanted to look like when she turns into the crowd it's like hundreds of people right. i mean i would say it was like a solid maybe 100 150 people max but they pushed those chairs yeah, together yeah, yeah. honey we were on top of each other making best friends we were i'm all so BFS. fascinated by it because i've done live shows too and i can't imagine uh four and how long did you say four and a half hours or something yes. like that i felt i feel like that's so long to be on stage for even if oh, you have a million guests but also i'm thinking of like the the financial aspect of it, I'm thinking like, how did, did we make any money here? Because if she's buying drinks, she did the tote bags. Did you get a gift as you left? I did not. It was like raffles. So oh, I didn't oh. get one. Um, but then also what I found funny was um, a, a lot of people there. Now this is a little, I'm, I'm insinuating some shade, but everyone that I was talking to there knew her from her like being a Redskin wife days. And a lot of people that even were at my table, I would say about 70% were like, oh yeah, me and Monique go way back. So a lot of friends were, right, I wouldn't say employee, but they were definitely heavily pushed towards attending this event. See, um, now I would have thought that it would have been so many Housewives fans because uh, in the news at that time, in real time, the Candace and Monique yes, stuff had already come out. Yes, it had just come out. And then that question that was asked, was really asked of whether or not you know how, where they were and she literally was like uh pray for us she gave a much longer answer and it was a lot more dramatic than on the show oh, than in real it. life they made it a little bit more dramatic but she was pretty much like um yeah they can yeah it's whatever you know how your relationship now she goes you know what we're going through things and i have i, I did do like an entire like hour-long recap um on my show that people can go back and listen to in the archives of everything that i saw witness she made real big points on the mic to say i invited all of them here none of them came only ashley showed up like she was definitely playing i think she didn't know what was obviously going to be picked up on mm -hmm. the show but it was she was very aware of the filming and what people were there for um and the questions that they asked in 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 correspondence with that and so i was taking notes i was sipping and like i was <laughs> fervently like writing on my phone like this is what she said when they asked this this That's is so funny. journalistic work yeah know? you're a journalist <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do yeah yes. um so she raffled off the the goodie bags yeah everything That's was fast. a raffle everything okay. was like you could put your name in um i do hope she made money from it but the restaurant itself was like packed downstairs and the event was upstairs at the restaurant okay. um I, everybody did order food and so uh, but I, I wonder if she paid the people too. I want the the panelists. Yeah, um, I. She or if they some, were just they might have just been guests that friends. Yeah, of hers I think so. Like yeah, yeah they, they had some some big. Uh, she had some bigger people there, especially from around the way. Like those were people that we really really know in the DMV area. Um, and so 
I don't know. I would say a lot of people were there. I would say 50% were Housewives fans. The other 50% were Monique's friends. Did T'Challa fly in? No. No T'Challa. But <laughs> everyone, like, when like when her husband came into the crowd, he's a presence, honey. Like, he oh, is really? a force. Okay. When he walks yeah. in a room, everyone is like, hi, Chris. Like, he knows he's loved. He seems very, he was very friendly. But he stopped at every single table because someone he knew was at every single table. That's what I'm saying, like, they employed some friends. They heavily encouraged friends to attend. And because they were all fighting to be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, Monique and I used to live across the street from each other. It was very much that vibe. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just here because I like mess and bravo. Uh, <laughs> I am a fan of the housewives. But yeah, listen, I want to. She must have been, back. was she stunning too? Like, I haven't no, seen Monique in perfect, but gorgeous. I find her to be the most like beautiful human on the planet. Like, she's just. She's stunning. hard. I'm not going to lie. She's hard to look at. I took a picture with her and she was so warm. She was one of the warmest people I've ever met. And I, Aww. hey, I, it's funny because I say that. And I'm like, and I met Ashley that day too. And Ashley was also nice. We realized we have a lot of people in common. We know a lot of the same people um, just because of proximity. And that was fun. It was great to talk to her. Me and Mo- Ashley talked a long time, but Monique, her energy was she seems She seems really sweet to me. And she this was week very actually, kind. Was, it was, it's kind of bugging me on the show a little bit, how it seems like, I don't know. She can't win. And I know she, she was in the wrong for things, but it right. just feels, it feels a little bit like mm-hmm. it's impossible for her to win. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because like, I find myself being like, everybody's right and everybody's wrong. Um, right. Cause she's like, how do they expect to see me change if they don't come around? I'm like, you know, you're right. You can't say yeah. you want to see different actions from her. And then and not around show and see up. The actions. And then Robin's like, well, how do you change in two weeks? And I'm like, okay, no, that's right. Like, I don't know what is happening here. But by the way, <laughs> by the way, that's what makes the best kind of housewife season. Yes. Like in the history of this franchise, it's, like best to me when when the loyalties and allegiances shift throughout the season and one episode you're team this person and the next you're looking at it from a different angle to me those are the best seasons of any of these shows i hate it when it's like i hate it when it's like two-sided and everyone's on this side the whole time or this side the whole time and there's no sort of interweaving um, yeah, I like that we're at least uh, everybody's back and forth. I kind of dig that. And, you know, I love hearing your takes and opinions on things. I do. Oh, I know the people already listen to you. They tell me all the time, like, oh, we love you on Danny Pellegrino. Like, obviously, oh, I know they go back and forth. But rarely do we get to just have your rapid fire hot takes because you're not always in the hot seat. So oh. I'm going to do some rapid fire hot takes okay. with you if you're down. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So fave housewife franchise. In New York. But Potomac's getting right up there lately. I mean, Um, but New York, you know, overall New York. Okay. Favorite housewife. Uh, Right now it's Karen Huger. It was Ramona Singer for a while. And I don't know, I sort of fell off the Ramona train a little bit this past season, but uh, I, I'm loving Karen. Although I'm, I'm struggling a bit because I'm also really loving Wendy. Um, and I feel like Wendy and Karen, it's like really stressful for me that they're feuding a little bit. Mm-hmm, um, I understand but, that. But I do love Karen Huger, the grand dame. She's fantastic. Um, yeah. If you had to bring a housewife out of retirement, who would we bring back? I loved a Kim Richards moment on Beverly really? Hills. Yeah. And I, I, I that's not very popular. I know that. People love Kim. I think people love her, but also realize like it was good for her to step away. And I agree yes, with that. It was like good for her to go away and, and kind of get her shit together. And I hope she still 
continuing to get her shit together. Yeah. But I, I really love the dynamic of the, the, the uh, familial dynamic of Beverly yes, Hills yes, yes. and even New Jersey too. I think that's what makes New Jersey stand it's out. Strong. I think yeah. there's just like a different vibe when it's people who are related to each other. Yes. And the sister dynamic between Kim and Kyle, I think is like some of the best stuff we've ever gotten on TV. I agree. I agree. Um, this is not my hot take session, but mine would always be Phaedra or Sheree. I would bring them back in a second. Um, I understand why they were asked to go, but to me, Sheree has something so magical. It's something right. about that spring summer thing that I can't get enough of. Right. You know, I just heard recently, someone said it, I, I don't know if it was Nene or Kim or somebody had said it in the press in an interview saying that they would like to get the original season one Atlanta Housewives to film something. And like, oh, I would yeah. love, I think it'd be so fun. And MTV did it with the real world. I don't know if you ever were familiar with that sort mm -hmm. of franchise, but they did a season where it was like back to Las Vegas and they reunited uh, the original Las Vegas cast of the real world and they had them mm -hmm. do a whole season. And I would love to see that on Housewives, uh, you know, gathering like season one cast and having them film like even a mini fun. season. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, I like that. I agree though. Sheree was just, Sheree was great. And <laughs> Phaedra's, Phaedra's reads, her confessionals were just like the best. No yes, one's better. She's one of the, I mean, I, I have people, I, I said on Bitch Sass, I maintain that season three of Atlanta is the best housewife season of all time. Um, it is the year that Phaedra comes for the very first time and Nene is very much so at her best. Phaedra yeah. is out here guessing dates that are wrong, doesn't really know when her baby's coming. Oh, it's so good. quality television. Yeah. So it's, people should, I mean, that's a really great time in housewives history. And I think it's all because of Phaedra. Um, Atlanta had a historic run. Like I think oh, Atlanta, I, thought, I mean, yeah. there was like season after season where I kept, I remember I kept thinking like, it can't get better. Like they've been so good this season. It can't yeah. possibly get any better. Yes. And then it would get better. And you're like, what is going on? Even when they brought on Portia and Kenya, I think a lot of us thought oh, they're adding two new people and normally a first season housewives don't mix as well. And it was mm -hmm. like, they were perfect for the show. I don't know. I agree. I agree. Um, city you wish that was, that isn't yet for a housewife. I wish Miami would come back. And I also wish there was a Midwest housewives. Like I, yes. I would love a Chicago. I would love I, them to ideally. get Chicago, right? Yeah. I know what I think Andy has said a couple of times they tried it and it didn't work. I'm like, try again, honey. Right. Keep going. Try I know. It. Also, I think Las Vegas, I mentioned Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas housewives could be really fun That's a um, if, if they did it right. If they did my, it right. I Yeah. My grandmother lived in Las Vegas my entire childhood. So we would go and visit three or four times a year. And Las Vegas has the money. They have great mm -hmm. money. It's beautiful to film there. People don't give it enough credit. The mountains are absolutely gorgeous. Oh, it's stunning. It's yeah. so stunning. That's yeah, a really and good I, city. And I think there, there's a fun, like, entertainment aspect. Like, I, there's... I know a couple like showgirls who've been there forever, you know, and I think yeah. that could be like a fun world to be in. Okay. Um, yeah. I like it. But I, and I I'm like from it. I'm from Cleveland, and it's like I ride hard for Cleveland, and I'm like I need a Midwest. I need. Yeah, it. I get that. I think the Midwest does deserve. I think yeah. that's why we often lose, or people often think like, "Hey, you um, need." You can either be a Bachelor fan or you can be a Bravo fan, but you can't be both. I'm both. Everybody knows that about me. But I think it's because the Midwest has us, because there's so many Bachelor contestants that come from the Midwest. So they feel like a little bit of pride. And I'm like, yo, we could easily do it. There's money in the Midwest, people. So oh, we yeah. got Megan King Edmonds, you know? And I think there's an interesting suburban aspect that we, 
you know, Beverly Hills is the glitz and glamour. And I, I suppose Orange County is very suburban. Um, but I, yeah, I think about Ohio or Chicago or anywhere over, over in that area. And I, I can see it. Great. Yeah. City you'd retire. Who would you retire Orange, next? Orange County. I, I, I'm it. sort of over Orange County. And I think it would be, in my opinion, branding the network as a whole, I believe that it would be best for them to be able to let loose some of these franchises and start mm-hmm. f- with fresh cities and just turn it over. Not, I'm not saying cancel every franchise by any means, but I think holding on to some of the franchises past their expiration date just sort of... Um, dampens or worsens the the brandability is that even a word or do you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know here. what i'm saying <laughs> I yeah, it get is it. all right so we're going to transition a little bit into the bachelor because i know you are watching the bachelorette this season and i'm trying I'm to, get to get on to it you're new welcome when did you start you. Wait, is this yeah. your first season i sort of dipped in i watched some of the rachel season okay uh, I rachel Lindsay. I know, I love her. And um that was so a was, very wild time because she was on a season of The Bachelor, and that was the first time they ever announced who A, the next bachelorette would be, but also that someone was going home before we saw it. They announced that she oh, was I going to be that. the bachelorette when she was still on The Bachelor. We did not see her go home yet. They announced and they never do that. They usually wait until after the final rose, they wait until the finale, and they I bring her out. Uh huh. They announced it in the blogs. It was like on, like in the actual like, magazines, and people were very happy. But it was mainly because we were looking at her like, why is this accomplished, beautiful attorney with this man, Nick Vile? And it, it was a, it was off. And they were like, girls, don't worry, we have something for her. And we were like, okay, great. Because we were yes. worried for a second. So oh yeah, I like that season. That was a good one. And so you watched. I- so Which I watched a little bit one? of that, and then I watched Jake Pavelka's season. Do you remember oh, that one? Yeah, that, wow. That was like back in the day. Yeah, yeah. and that's it. Okay. That's literally it. But even Ooh. those two seasons, I don't recall like really um, watching every episode or anything like that. Like I didn't finish the seasons. I don't believe. Like I think I kind of dipped in and out. This is the first okay. season right now where I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to go all the way with this one. I'm going to just try yeah. it. Although everyone keeps telling me, they keep saying, don't do this season because it's not like a traditional season. It's gonna, it's different. It it's not the same. It certainly is not like a traditional season. But I would also beg to, to differ to say that they've been like shifting the needle on, on a lot of seasons. They've done things that I'm like, that's not necessarily how we do this. They once had two girls compete for who was going to be the Bachelorette and the men did oh. not know which one it was going to be. I was, that, that was a trash time for me. But this one I think is a great season for people to get into if they don't typically watch because it's yeah. definitely going to be more entertaining than normal. And I feel excited by the fact that it's not like the other seasons. Yeah. That, that to me, it's like okay, well, at least I get to see something kind of different unfold instead of the, whatever yes. they've been doing. Uh, but Bachelor Nation also sort of scares me a little bit. Oh yeah, no, you should be scared. They're wild. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I do enjoy them though, but they they can be a lot. But because there's so many people to keep up with, oh my god, it's like they literally the thing the the time and energy that we dedicate to just like a city's worth of housewives, they do it for every single season. They know will be. Like, I have friends who follow the entire twelve final twelve, like the whole like starting lineup of names and girls and stuff from each bachelor season and i'm like how do you keep up with all these people we get a new one every nine to ten months and they're like we just we got room and And the the spinoffs i do appreciate and love the fact that there's been there somehow has created this amazing fan base for this dating show like that to me is just yes 
amazing and, and yeah. wonderful because they become I, influencers. Yeah. And I like that just people love this thing so much. The, the same way that I feel about Bravo or that mm-hmm, we same. feel about Bravo. It's like, I like that there's a community of people. Uh, unfortunately, with any sort of community, of course, there's toxicity and there's whatever. Yes, of um, course. But it is fascinating to me, even from like a business sense of like how mm-hmm. ABC, ABC and this franchise has been able to build this thing that is now a behemoth and it has a, it has a whole group of people that are obsessed with it obsessed. in ways that no one's obsessed. Like I don't, I don't see that kind of uh, bandwidth or that kind of uh, fever pitch. I, what are these words I'm saying today? <laughs> Uh, But you know, I don't don't even see that for like, you know, Game of Thrones, of course, has a huge fan base, but it's like, there's something sort of different about parties. Like people are having actual like parties for the premiere. I didn't get to watch the premiere on time for this current season. So I was on Instagram, like having to skip around people's stories because everyone was at somebody's (laughs) house and they're doing this in a pandemic. They're like, listen, we got to get together. We will all sit on separate couches, but we're going to eat this meat and cheese board have this rosé and we're going to watch this show together and people always do it for that and the end i've loved i always love the end of a season the final five when they get to i don't know how they're going to do this i was just talking to ryan bailey about this because they usually travel with the final six they go out of the country there's like places that they can fall in love but all of this is going to be at the la quinta inn everything is going to be on this resort i'll be honest i'm already a little tired of the la quinta inn like every time they have to like move to a new corner of the inn it's a new corner like like, okay okay. across that courtyard okay now hang a left um i rate claire so far one to ten how is she pulling you in as a bachelorette oh like a a one but i look really i don't i'm of the opinion and i I, again i'm coming into this fresh so i don't know anything i don't know anything about her pre this season okay Um, i will challenge you and anyone else who's like i don't really know this girl don't watch the whole season it's it's toxic you will literally pull your hair out um of last season of the last season as she was on which was years ago but oh okay during the quarantine they did air something called bachelor greatest of all time and they were basically like in one whole episode recapping an entire season of what was like a great season on the bachelor the finale of that series of greatest of all time was Juan Pablo season that Claire was on and it's basically like a crash course like in 48 minutes of everything that led to her being where she is now and why everyone is so in love with her because she basically read that man for filth and he was trash oh I need to see that he was trash and he I mean they they really walked you through what happened and how basically like the night before and this is where like the rules the traditional rules are you don't tell a woman you love her until you propose you don't tell a woman that you want to be with her you don't see them he broke that rule he talked to her the night before he was talking about i go i see myself going to chicago with you or sacramento or whatever like i feel like being with your family i want to build a life with you and then the next day for him not to propose she was like i'm 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 sorry I'm sorry, run that back. Like, what? <laughs> Say that again? Because we definitely so had con- this conversation nine hours ago. Yeah, so I would highly suggest people go watch Bachelor, Greatest of All Time. I believe it's on Hulu. You can definitely see it online. The last episode, they just crash course her entire season on Juan Pablo. It was trash. 
but she overcame. And then unfortunately, she they also show you that she had failure after failure after failure uh -huh. with this same network. I still don't understand. I look at Claire like, why did you let these people set you up for the fifth time? Also, by the way, I do believe that ABC as a network does not want us to like her because I, I think so too. I mean, she's edited poor. I mean, the way she's edited and shown in the first two episodes of the season, I'm like, they want us to hate her. And well, I don't know I if it's because there's to, something happens or I don't know. I if, if I could defend them for a moment, I do think it's because something is going to happen. I would also say I have maintained on this podcast that the bachelor producers are the most savage producers in all of television history. And, and, and that's coming from someone who consistently praises a Bravo producer for bringing someone down to their knees and hobbling the shit out of them. Like bachelor producers are unmatched. They will make you look like a nut if they want to. And that's if they want to. really what I sign up for. Like what we praise on say like OC or Beverly Hills when they break that fourth wall and we hear them like reference a producer and we see the producer there somewhere. We're like, OMG, a producer. On The Bachelorette, they've come out of the work work like, hey, you need to go back. She loves you. Why don't you go love her back? Like, we'll watch them manipulate. Oh, I'm excited for that. Watch you. Like, they'll get you drunk. Like, when, when it's the women, the women have to have, like, no more, no less than three drinks. They drink for nine hours straight. They can't eat. The rose ceremonies are 12 hours sometimes. Like, they are oh my savages. God. So, I love, <laughs> you're, you're, you're in for a fun ride. You know about the switch, though, right? That's happening. Is uh, yeah, I mean, loosely. I, I don't know exactly. I'm very excited. Yes, I know. I mean, <laughs> but all of it, to me, truly feels like it all feels so exciting and like fresh to me like I don't know what I to expect that. and I think like with with Bravo so many years it's like I feel like I know what to expect and mm -hmm. so that's part of this whole thing they also keep using the word journey so I keep using the term journey but oh, I, I have feel to like send you my I'm excited game. about my journey because I of, have a uh, bachelorette Anita. drinking game because they have it's funny because they, they reference that they're on a show. They are not hiding from that at all. But then they have certain things that they can't say, but they cannot reference the fact that they're going to be social media influences after this. They can't like reference the fact that they know no one can get engaged in 10 weeks after two dates. It just is impossible. So they have to say things like open to the process and got to spend more time. And I okay, have, wait, I have a question. Time. Yeah, go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off, but so oh, in please. the past, in the first two episodes, I don't remember which one it was, but Claire got really mad that like no one pulled her aside. There was like a five yes. second awkward yes. silence. Yes. And to me as a new viewer, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like she was getting so yeah. mad over a five yeah. second pause. So did I miss something? Is that like, yes. should, okay. Okay, so explain That's this. Usually that is so, for everyone who doesn't watch, that is usually the moment. As soon as they give a toast, they always give a toast before the cocktail party. After every group date, there's a cocktail party. And normally, they all run to steal her first because the goal is to spend the most amount of time with this person. That is how you guarantee you will get a rose. The hope is you get the group date rose from that night so that you know you're safe for the next round, like for when they go to the rose ceremony. And if not, you're in the first couple people, you know you're not going home. This so is like, wild. Yes, usually <laughs> she'll be like, guys, I had such a great day. Thank you so much for coming. And I, I really am excited to take this journey with you. And they all go, cheers. And you have like one rent before they even get the E out of the cheers someone's like can I sleep for a moment like the girls do that immediately the guys typically do it immediately and she just sat there like are you 
so do we want to get started? And they're like, yeah. Because I, I was thinking, like, maybe the guys are sitting there thinking, like, is production going to tell us to set her or nope. pull her they're side supposed to ju- there's, no, there's no rules. There's no holds bar. They're supposed to play as dirty as possible. They ask for double time. Like, that's also like So a- that's, I think, that's, I think, where my disconnect is coming okay, from. Okay, yeah. Because it's like, I'm like, this makes Claire seem so crazy and unlikable. I hate yes. to use the word crazy, but no, no, uh, yeah, no. It did make her seem like it, but that was also the point was that she knows how this works because she's done it four times and she right, knows right. that. Oh, okay. So that she, makes she had to sense. pull her own suitor. They're supposed to be competing for her. And then the, I think what made it worse is that he was like, oh, yeah, I think you interrupted, like, you know, the bro time. She was like, oh, did you want to bro out? Like, did I interrupt the bromance? And she was like, because they all come on the show to make friends and become famous. The plus yeah, yeah. is maybe they get to make out with the pretty person and maybe they win. But literally it's to do that, to make friends and become famous. So yeah, no, she was missing out on the fact that normally people would jump at the opportunity to spend time with her because it also then means camera time. And so no one was doing that. They wanted to hang out. Now, do they always act like uh, 39 is so old? <laughs> um, She does. And that's she one of the does. reasons that I think that people aren't connecting with her that much is because people were really excited about her being older, but we don't like that you act like that there's some kind of handicap to being 39 right. and not having been married yet. Like, there's not your last chance. You still, there are plenty of people who get divorced and they're like 40 something. They're like, well, I still want I know, love. like, cool it. And also even in the poster though, I saw the Bachelor poster, there was like a reference to her age. I think I have it on my phone. Yeah, because I, all of the girls, t- usually the bachelors, the men are the oldest. They're the ones oh, it who says, are 35. The poster says it's about time. And I'm like, she's no, 39. But- <laughs> she's not 105. <laughs> not like, and the women are always like 21 to the man's 35. Like Hannah was 25 years old and that was almost up there for them. So. Okay. Wait, can I tell you a story? This is bachelor related. So I had, you know, Hannah Brown, like my, my friend, Hannah Brown, she's another podcaster. Yes. I love Hannah. Now, we love Hannah. But so she was on my, sh- she's been on my show a million times, but the last time I was on my, sh- she was on my show. It was right after Rachel Lindsay was on my show. Oh and, my God. And people, the amount of messages that I got from people who were like, I am disgusted that you had Hannah Brown on and like all this stuff. And I was so confused because I was like, she's been on my show a hundred times. Like, what do you, what's the thing? And everyone was yelling at me and they thought it was the other one. So I had to do like my own little deep dive into who that Hannah Brown was, which it was just, that was the first experience where I was like, oh, this is a very intense fan, like more intense fan yeah. base than I realized. Did they explain to you why they were so upset? So, I mean, no, a lot of them, you was know this, how people are. The last, <laughs> was, this, was this in 2020? Yeah, yeah. This was okay. Yeah, there like was an incident. Literally a, a month ago or okay, something. Okay, yeah. There was an ago. incident with Hannah Brown, the Bachelorette, who was doing a TikTok and ran into an explicit word that is racially charged uh, in a rap right. song. And, um, she was just doing her TikTok and people were like, <gasps> full stop. And I was like, LOL. <laughs> uh, well, I and didn't so, know any of this though. Yeah. And I, I thought if somebody so listened like, to the show. People were like, you like, oh my God, <laughs> Danny, how could you? We thought you were on the side of right. You just had Rachel on. <laughs> people were oh, so dear. mean to me. People were so mean. And it was like, <laughs> well, there was a week okay. where I was being flooded on, on, 
DMs and even on my, I would post something and I would like have to, I was telling people, I was like, there's two people named Hannah Brown. Like, and someone. she even has it in her Instagram bio, like not that Hannah Brown. <laughs> I know, I feel terrible. And I always, we laugh about it. I, and I was just on her show and I, I was like, let's clear this up. You're not the bachelorette. Which again, I don't even know anything about the other Hannah Brown other than the fact that she pissed people off. She was kind ago. of already the villain. She was one of the first time, one of the few times that a villain-esque character um, won or almost won or made it so far. And so she went very far and it was, um, it, people didn't like that. Usually the villain gets knocked off in the first, in the final six. She did not. So, and then she ended up being the bachelorette and they tend to never cast the villain. It's always the girl next door, no matter how boring they are. Hannah from Alabama, Alabama Hannah was not the typical girl next door. So it was the first time people have ever seen that. And she, I mean, she delivered as a bachelorette. She was a very, that was a very fun and fascinating season. It was, that was the, I don't know if you saw like the sex in a windmill four times thing. That's her. It was like on Good Morning America, they had her talking about this because she was like, I had sex in a windmill four times and Jesus still loves me. And I was like, put uh, that on a sweatshirt and sell it. Right. I, I need a, that. I'm going to, I need a deep dive because I just feel like this is all so new to me and now my eyes are open and yeah, I, I don't know I'll how long my journey will be. And we'll do a bachelor. Oh my God. Like, at the end. Dive, yeah. And then that way we can get the people who are like, also like you like, what the fuck is this? Like, what am I watching? And we'll explain it. Cause the, 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 once you do that, the drinking game becomes so much more fun. Cause there's like a touch of delusion. Like I always say, I watch for the delusional aspect. It's just the fun delusion that never has to do with my humanity. So I'm mm. always down for it. They're ignorant in a bubble that has nothing to do with me. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know, I do want to switch your focus back to what are your thoughts or rate the season this season of Potomac one to 10 so far? We're like 11 oh, So far, I'd say a 9.5. I think it's really, really Ooh. good. It's, I, I don't know that maybe like a nine. It's not like necessarily. Yeah, it's I'm almost perfect. I think it's great. Okay. It's so I, I agree. I think it's doing really yeah. well. Are you team Monique? Or Candace, or like me, are you team the table? I'm team. I'm the team table. the table. Yeah, I honestly <laughs> agree with you. I think like I, my allegiances shift weekly, and I feel I yes. love. I I don't know. I I think I'll have to answer that at the end of the season after I see. I it need all. the reunion. Aren't you all? I'm still learning new things. Like I just saw, I don't know if it was Monique that posted this somewhere on social media or someone did of like, it was a slow motion where we see Giselle sort of like push her back. And yes, and like I think, I, I'm still learning new things about mm -hmm. I think truly Monique was unaware who was touching her and doing what. And I think she was just engaged with one person. So she just assumed majority of it was from that person. I, but see, so I, I feel like I don't fault her for that. And then I also then agree with the women when they're like, it, 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 took, it took weeks for her to kind of like settle into her memory and re-remember stuff. And then the weeks that it took, let this other girl sit and simmer in the fact that no one called her and she wasn't apologized to. And she's like, is it production who's saying you can't call? Nope, not them. So you just don't want to. So everybody had time to simmer and it was like too much time to simmer. So I'm like, I'm really team the table. The table was yeah. minding its business, hosting wine and cheese. And all of a sudden it got shook and broken and now it's mad. And I'm and team the table. 
I'm also team James, the producer who had to deal with, uh, <laughs> you know, like that just seemed like such a stressful moment as a production person to be yes. like dealing with everything. Producer just, like, James took on. our picture or he's in the picture. Uh -huh. One of the, uh, so there's a picture that I have of me with Ashley after we like got finished talking forever and producer people keep pointing it out to me. They're like, that's James, the producer. Oh and because you see him, cause my mom is taking a picture of me having my picture taken. Cause again, oh my mom. God. <laughs> so. yes. He's an old, he's an old friend of mine. Like from before he was a producer on Housewives, like uh, oh, years Mama and years and years ago. told me that's her favorite producer. I don't he's know great. I, I, trouble, unfortunately, people have been asking me to get him on the show, but you know, he can't speak Probably. on a lot of this Ooh, stuff. They are like, honey, yeah. no, we have yeah. all the rights. <laughs> but that's how we love them. Um, is Karen playing both sides of the fence to you? Yes or no? Yeah. And I think traditionally this wouldn't work out for a housewife, right? Like normally when I think they play the fence, they are the ones that come out looking bad. But I actually don't think it's working that way with Karen because I feel like we're as a viewer kind of switching sides quite often mm -hmm. as we mm -hmm. talked about. And I think Karen sort of representing that. Also, I don't think Karen in real life is that close. I don't think any... Uh, housewives on any franchise, maybe a, a few relationships are super close, but I think Karen has a working relationship with these people. So of course she's sort yeah. of somewhere in the middle and I think that's fine. I dig it. Okay. But maybe I have blinders on because I love Karen. No, I love Karen too. And in the beginning I was like, before I was seeing the table, I was team Karen. I liked the way she broke it down with Monique. She wasn't shying away from, to me, how, you know, how problematic what happened was. She wasn't saying like, oh, I'm just team you. Like Ashley was low key, like I'm team Monique because Candace deserved to get her ass beat and I wish I could have done it, but I got a baby. So if somebody gonna do it, I'm on the side of that person. But Karen was like, no, this was bad. But she also wasn't putting the entire responsibility of the black female experience right. on this one woman. And I'm like, I'm a grown woman, but I'm younger than Monique and I'm not looking to Monique to be my God. If I see her beating someone's ass, I'm not going to go, you know what? It's okay for me as a black right. woman to go beat ass. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Like people, so I, I didn't like the respectability politics either. So I thought Karen handled it the best. It makes me sad though, that now both sides are like kind of against her in a way. Like they're kind of like re retreating because they think that she's not on their side when she's simply just not picking a side. She's simply giving right. her honest opinion. And she's like, yes, if someone pulled my ass across the table by my wig, I probably would press charges. And I believe that from a woman Karen's age and stature and from yeah. her personality. So I just was like, okay, I get that. But it doesn't mean that Candace is only going to press charges because she told her to do that. I think her mom probably had a bigger influence on that than anything yeah. else yeah totally agree yeah okay great i do want to backtrack to the beginning of the episode because we see giselle going with juan um to go and get engaged look at engagement rings with um for robin and then she kind of meets up with jamal later on and it's like she sees she you know robin she knows robin's gonna have this you know this new step and the next step in their relationship and she starts saying that she wants that step too and jamal's making it seem like it's on her i don't like I that don't like that at all because no. i think what we don't know is he has told her you have to leave the show you need to come to me because my career is important but his career is in atlanta and there's no valuing on his on her career there's no value on right. her career as a housewife also i felt like i i know this term is people feel like it's overused but i felt a little bit in that car scene like he was gaslighting her i mean when she yes. said oh i committed to you and he was like he was like oh well i'm just hearing this for the first time and so now i'm gonna be committed to you and i was like 
and, and she was confused. You could even see in the moment, she's like, well, I thought you knew that I was committed. And he's like, well, if, unless you say it to me. And it's like, oh well, why God. does she have to, why does she have to say it? To you? Shouldn't you be able to realize her actions and her, her history of like this relationship to know that she's been committed mm-hmm. to you? Like, I just didn't like the way he was doing that. And it just seems so skeezy to me to be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm just hearing this for the first time. So now I'll change my ways and now I'll be committed. But mm-hmm. like, I'm just assuming that uh, you were a new person than when we last were in a relationship. And he was almost tricking her into thinking like that was fact. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. Do you think she leaves the me. show? Do you think Giselle? she leaves for this? Yeah. No, 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 I don't. You think she stays in Maryland and you think they will eventually probably uncouple? I do. Yeah, I, I mean, ultimately, I don't think he's going to leave Atlanta for her. I know that much. <laughs> Look, I think it's very rare for anyone to leave the show to leave a paycheck like that. Even on Atlanta, mm-hmm. we see it's like Cynthia's marrying someone who lives in another state, and she, I believe, lives a lot in LA. But you don't. Why would you leave a job like that? Yeah, I mean, especially even though, like a career. And these housewives, they I know they love to when they do press and stuff like that, and they're negotiating contracts. They say, "Well, it's just not good for me," or, or uh, you know, it's tough. But the fact of the matter is, even even if they weren't getting the Bravo paycheck, um, they're still getting their whole lives have changed from this show. I, what I'm trying to say is like the Bravo paychecks might not be that vast or big, um, but it opens the door for social media paychecks and for yeah, all, all exactly. sorts of other businesses to o- open up. So there, I, I don't believe anyone, almost anyone would leave this show voluntarily. I think there's like a handful of women in the history of the show that have chosen to leave or decided uh, yes. to not take the paycheck. I agree with very you. Very rare. I think so too. I think it's super, super rare. Um, last question. Are you happy for Robin and Juan? Oh, I mean, I would wish it was me with Juan. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know I plenty of people listening right now are nodding and pointing like, yes, me too. But <laughs> if it can't be us. Yes, I'm over here looking at Robin. Us. Yes, if it can't be us, I'm glad it's her. But like, I know people are looking at Robin like, girl, stop fumbling the bat with this fine man. Because she's looking at him with that wig on like, oh yeah, by the way, I also forgot to tell the IRS about the money. And he's like, I know in his mind he's going not again. <laughs> right. I know. Like, like you really you're telling me this. this now. I know. You're telling me this now. <laughs> I know. You like I this th- wig better than the last wig. I'm ha- oh, this one um this better. Curly oh, wig better than the sex event. wig. Then yes, Tatiana. No, I think I like Tatiana better because to oh. me at least I think Tatiana at least seemed more like a playful, fun thing. And it wasn't necessarily meant to be so it you know, she was playing like a silly character that just wanted some sex from Juan. Yes. Who, who among us. But uh, <laughs> the other wig, I feel like there was no sort of hidden character behind it. It was just like her showing up in that mm-hmm. wig. Yeah. Um, and then really- what did just, you, Which wig did you prefer? I didn't mind this one, but I was a lot, I was very distracted. I, I, it didn't, uh, uh, it wasn't so abrasive on my eyesight because I was also distracted by, I thought Wendy was throwing a fabulous event. I really loved what she was talking about. I love that they Me showed too. it. I think Wendy's doing a great job because she was like a boss on stage and then came and joined the table and was messy. And I really love that. Um, I think Wendy's a fantastic addition. Like I, I even- really like her. I think even if in the times you don't like her, it's hard not to admit that she is a good, she feels like a classic housewife to me. Yeah, she went downstairs to go quote unquote check on Karen and and Candace and she just went down there to be messy and I enjoy that. Volunteer. Yeah, me too. She's messy. She's, uh, she's also giving us fashion. Uh, she's, yes. 
she's not afraid to start up and she's very intelligent. I mean, there's a lot to, I I really think she's a great addition and her, I I love her family. She's got some like weird Mm -hmm. quirky, even in this episode with like the milk thing, I thought was weird, but like in a, in a (laughs) way that's great for this kind of show. I agree. And I, I I, also love her husband too. I mean, Oh my God, we love, love him. I I mean, Eddie is, is amazing. And I think, I'm changing my perspective. And I think this is why I'm, I agree with you. I'm holding out to the end of the season, which we're kind of coming up on because we knew that during the time that this was happening, all the blogs were saying a certain narrative of what happened in that fight. So everyone was like, well, looks like Candace finally found a reason to drag Monique or have Monique drag her because she was attacking her. And that's what everyone was going off of. And now seeing it, we're like, well, um, I don't really know where I suppose or I'm supposed to be anymore. So yeah. I think, I think we're going to need that reunion to really break it all down. And Andy's going to have to kind of walk us through it a little bit. I know he said he's taking <laughs> questions, but I'm wondering if we're going to do it in person or if it's going to be virtual. I hope it's in person. I think they'll do it in person if they don't do it in Maryland. Because I think Maryland is still a little bit locked down. But so do but... you think they're going to like make all the women travel? How long is it to New York? Is it a long flight? You know, it's like a four-hour drive, um, about an hour oh, and a so... half flight. It's not long at all. So they can make them, or yeah. they can have them drive if they, they do the want to same fly. thing that they did with New York. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure because we're allowed to go to restaurants and stuff in Maryland. So I'm sure that they'll just have them, you know, quarantine at first, come on in, do the temperature checks and everything, and then I think they're gonna definitely do it in person. It's a disservice to okay, have this good. particular season not be in person. We need I know, so, so I know, we need it to get the biscuit. I'm also just so tired of all the zooms, and I but know we have Potomac to do it, but I'm so tired of it. Can travel to Atlanta to go to Cynthia's wedding. Where Andy like visibly asked and Giselle last night, like it made me really uncomfortable. Oh, what did she say? I didn't see it. Oh my God. So real quick, y'all, he asked Giselle where people wearing masks at Cynthia's wedding. And she goes, you know what? It started off great. Everyone was masked and showed it up. By the time people started eating and drinking, it was it was chaos. And shit hit the right. fan. And I was like, awesome. Super spreader. I needed that in Georgia. Where I mean, I that just seemed, I know that I was that was horrifying stressful. to like see every That's I was stressful. stressed online. I'm like, that's a lot of people indoors. Not yeah, mass. No, I'm not with that. Um, I don't think we'll we'll have that again. I think they'll be very careful, but I think we're gonna get an in-person Potomac reunion, and we need it because I need to, we need to get down to the bottom of who is spreading what. How are these convers these narratives getting to the blogs, if not from her camp, or is she just not stopping them from saying something? And then why? I mean, what's gonna happen? Because everybody's been telling me. Monique ends up, you know, pressing charges against Candace because she just wants to get the, the charges against her dropped. But then in this particular preview for next week, it was a little bit more malicious than that. So it's like, it just feels like we truly have no side to be on, but I love it. I love it. It's compelling it. television. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think you could make a better season of TV because it's just layered. It's all layered. I think so. And I absolutely love layers. And I agree, Karen is doing the work right now. And um, I hope her and her husband Ray figure it out with this life coach because oh, I love no. her and I want her to be happy. I know. I know. And I'm not into Ray right now. But. Yeah, no, he's really pissing me off. But um, the people who want to see you be happy, where can they follow you, listen oh. to you, even though I know they already are, but just amuse me. Come, come listen to Everything Iconic. It's on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you listen to podcasts. And I'm at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And I also have a new spinoff holiday podcast. Um, it's not new, actually. We're doing our second season. It's with my friend Jenna. And we just sort of break down holiday movies. But more importantly, we take a bunch of tangents mm-hmm. and just talk about whatever we want. But it's called Love A Very, those. Very Iconic Podcast. So you can subscribe a to that, very, too. Very, Very Iconic, iconic. Podcast. And then all the Bravos, 
the Bravo stuff and reality TV stuff is everything iconic. And I have some really, really good guests. One of the, I have a Potomac housewife coming on um, next week. I have, uh, I have Bethany Frankel's coming on this week. Um, and we have uh, Andy Cohen's coming on very soon. So I'm very oh excited. Oh my about gosh, the that's so, so fun. I mean, obviously those guests are all fantastic. I don't know how I landed on that show <laughs> amongst some of the greats. But No, you're the best. I, you were on just very recently and you have to come back. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was truly a fun, fun, fun time. Um, I absolutely loved having you on. Thank you so much. Thank for you for having this. me. This was I so fun. Anytime, it. let's do it again. Yes, please. People, you know, go listen, go subscribe, go follow him on Instagram. Those throwback series that he does truly fantastic. I'm and by the fan. way, also, I'm just jumping in to say also rate and review Mixing with Mania on iTunes and Spotify, wherever <laughs> you, it helps to get a good review. So if you like Mixing with Mania, go and hop on uh, iTunes and leave a review. It takes two seconds. Please um, do And people. it helps. I love, I love if y'all would join the 300 people that have done it so far. I love how much it's grown. Thank y'all so much. Um, I, of course, want y'all to go and follow. Of course, I'm a big fan of Jessica Thursdays because it makes me feel, I love when content creators are huge stands of one particular entity so then I can become one too. I bought Jessica's book because of how much you posted uh, about Jessica. And it's a fantastic read. So that's, that is uh, yeah. your investment in my life <laughs> thank you thank you thank you thank well, you so much so for coming fun. on y'all thank you have a great week listen all right love you for more about me bravo housewives pop culture and so much more Follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Mani, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.